Good morning on an early Saturday. This is our news section. And for those of you listening to the podcast, welcome to the Crypto Conversion Podcast. As always, it is Brandon, Connor, and Matt. And on this week's episode, we had uh, Mr. Jay Chen from the LightDAO protocol. He is uh, the calls himself uh, the captain there. Um, really good episode. You can just uh, we have some creators on this uh podcast, and I just really appreciated his level of sincerity in the episode and uh he's just very genuine um so i would recommend everybody check that out um he probably has some of the best intentions that i think we've kind of encountered since starting this podcast not discrediting anybody else we've had on but that's just how i felt about it i don't know what your guys thoughts were but i really enjoyed the episode and his his whole story is is very uh it's just a very good witness to um, the faith for sure. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a great episode and uh, we've been trying to get him on for a little while now. So I'm glad we finally were able to make it work with him in the UK. So yep. yeah, early morning. All right. Well, let's, let's look at some of the top trending stories here. Um, I guess I kind of want to start off with this funny tidbit that's been circling the the crypto news space the past couple of weeks. And I didn't preface this to you guys, but I know each of you will have an impression based on the way the NFT markets have gone. But uh, there's been some new financial documents that have made that have surfaced that show uh, President Trump is a Ethereum whale. Um <laughs> I I would assume based on his NFT collection also launching on Solana that he has a significant amount too but I, here's where I get I get really frustrated with the Trump campaign is that it feels like they have basically become a fundraising ploy for his legal fees you know what I mean like with everything that's coming up in the news and like he tweeted out his mugshot for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And the link to the tweet was literally to a landing page to donate to his campaign. It's like they were they were like they wanted that mugshot more than the mainstream media did so that he could do that. And it is just as a fundraising ploy. Same with the NFTs. There's just like he has a cultish following that just will give him money and i'm just like this is so stupid like how do you sleep at night being a billionaire having people who probably can't afford your nft or crypto in general buy your nft just to hold it and then it completely depreciates in value it is so foolish like you've probably seen the commercials that he's done for his nft collections he's done multiple of them now and and then on top of that, like everything that's going on in each of the respective states from a litigation standpoint, they wanted the mugshot. They got the mugshot in Fulton County. And and now it's just another fundraising ploy. I swear it is some of the slimiest 
behavior I've I've encountered. And yeah, I want the shade from the Trumpsters because <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'm calling a spade a spade here and I don't think it's right. Um, but it intersects the crypto space. And that's why I think we have a leg to stand on to talk about it. Oh man, yeah, just, Jeez, we didn't we didn't mention that in the pre-show, Brendan. <laughs> sorry, I wanted to do it live. So, all right, let's go. Well, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a Trump guy, so I'm bringing I'll bring the shade then. <laughs> no, I actually agree with you though. I don't like I don't like the uh, the NFT stuff. Uh, definitely not. I think I think the the mug shop went pretty hard. So, I uh, I do enjoy that, but uh, yeah, I don't think. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. There's no way Trump knows what's how ETH looks, you know, what the space is. He doesn't understand any of this stuff. So he has a team around him that uh, is putting this thing together. And um, it's not really great, you know, for sure. Um, but uh, that being said, I mean, politics are dicey. And you do have to look at all the litigation that's going around. And uh, he's facing heat, you know, from a lot of directions. And things are expensive. So I, I can't really... I don't think I can knock any politician necessarily for their need to raise funds. Like I understand the game, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, you have to, you have to try to look at like, are they raising funds just to make, is this just a grift? Is this just a way to make money and dip or is, um, you know, is there something, something actually behind it that uh, they're going to do with this money? Right. So it's the same thing you have to ask about anybody in web three. Uh, What's the intentions behind the space? So I understand. I, just, I understand I, the criticism. I, I just find it super funny because, like, all the celebrities were doing this. Oh, it's like he's in true Trump fashion. He's about two years late to the party. Now he probably wouldn't have been able to do stuff when he was actually president, but it's like. And he was pretty apprehensive and outspoken about crypto because it wasn't USD. And we're talking about somebody who's who's made a ton off of TradFi and mm. you know real estate and and mortgages and mortgage debt specifically. That's how Trump really kind of made himself. He's probably one of the best salesmen ever. Like it's some of the top. Uh, you know, Barbara from Shark Tank has been on the record saying he's probably the most intelligent salesperson she's ever worked around or, or been in the same room as. So credit where credit's due. The guy, the guy knows how to pitch, but I'm just like, man, this is so eerie and weird and just like I, I have a hard time getting behind it personally. And I have some other thoughts on it too, based on the way the race is going and well, who DeSantis has as donors, but I'm but sure. I could be wrong there too. So I don't try to go in those weeds too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, politics is a game, right? And I I don't know. I'm not opposed to fundraising because that's what makes or breaks some. No, races, you need right? to. You, you know, have to. Somebody, you know, and I I agree that the NFT thing is kind of weird. Um, and then just to clarify, uh, you said Solana. Um, that I they launched on Polygon. Okay. Okay. Thank you for anyway, clarifying. Still, yeah. Um, anyway, um, to get off the politics train, although maybe not too far. Um, yeah. The I, I wanted to bring up this story. Riot, who is a, um, a Bitcoin mining company that operates in Texas, um, they are 
Um, I, I don't know if either of you guys remember, they actually put out that one video where they like put the, I'm, not, I'm still not sure if it was meant to be funny or not or serious, where they put the like carbon di- uh, dioxide detector next to the Bitcoin miner and they're like, look, it's zero carbon. Have you guys seen that, that video? No, oh, that's it was funny. Very funny. It was like probably like, so. Look, riot, we're, we're green, riot, you know, riot like, two, riot and marathon, probably the top two Bitcoin mining uh, oh, yeah. stocks on the um, on uh, the Nasdaq or S and P five hundred too. So yeah, this is no, they're, they're big, they're big, yeah. and so um, the story came out. Uh, I think the CNBC headline was that um, Texas had paid them had paid the my riot they had paid riot like 30 million dollars to turn off their bitcoin miners um and so everyone was like wait what you know obviously it's good that they turn it off when there's high demand for energy and and kind of a lower supply of energy so that people can you know use it It, it's very hot in texas and people want to turn on their ac and stuff um and uh and then they spent Anyway, Riot has spent the last few days trying to clarify that they were not paid to turn off the miners. Um, There are two parts to it. One is they had um, prepaid for the electricity um, and so that they were able to, um, when the demand is really high and the price of electricity goes up, they kind of sold those credits um, Ah. so that other people could then you know, access, they said, Hey, we're not using this, you know, you all can access it. So, you know, you could imagine, right. If you buy electricity, you know, they prepaid at, you know, I, I don't know, two cents a kilowatt hour. And then, you know, now it's 10 cents. And so they're, they're making a little profit there. Um, I would say the- like, if I, if Matt, if I'm a riot though, like I have, I, I would probably have made those investments to have a cheaper kilowatt per hour, you know, by like, yeah, owning my like because I'm consuming so much of it. I need to make sure that my price, yeah. my price stays very stable, if not lower than what the what the industry average is because of how much I'm consuming. So I have already made the strategic yeah. investments to pay a lower premium than most customers. Yeah, and, and I I think I think they pay a premium, you know, in order to prepay it. At yeah. A certain yep. rate. Oh, for uh, sure. Futures, yeah. It's a futures contract, right? And Absolutely. Said, hey, we, you know, are buying this much electricity at this rate. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. You it's the same with, it's there. the same with air if, airlines and fuel. Yep. If, if, if electricity is going, you know, at one cent, you know, they're still paying the two cent, right. You know, yes. but then when electricity goes a lot higher, they can kind of sell that prepaid stuff. And then the other part is that, um, they, um, I think ERCOT, E-R-C-O-T is the, is the organization. Um, they essentially are paying riot, you know, uh, they said it's, it's kind of like an insurance premium to be able to control when they have their electricity on and off. And so that like riot is getting paid by somebody else who is able to then turn their electricity off when there's high demand. Um, and so, so anyways, that's our, where the, the, all the money came from it. It, it was not that they got paid to turn it off. Side they got tangent is riot, like, riot becoming a secondary electricity broker then basically. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, are you a broker when you buy and sell future 
contracts or you're you know you're using the broker um, you are kind but, of because i mean you do that with freight all right well, maybe I, I don't know enough about well i think features. i think another uh piece of this is that uh really when you think about it like this is exactly what um ben kincaid was telling us you know about how how they work with the africa power grid um this is essentially essentially a version of that that basically and it, the dots finally connected to me because I, I read this tweet from nick Curtis. um we basically explain like in Texas, people can complain about this, but like in Texas, they, they're switched to a lot of wind and solar energy. And yep. uh, because of that, the power grid is somewhat unstable, meaning they don't always have, you know, the production of how much energy they're getting is kind of up and down. And so the problem with that is, of course, if you have a population in Texas and they need the power and if, you know, it's going up and down, then sometimes people are going to be short. So they basically need to overproduce. They need more energy so that it can take into account all the fluctuations without anybody losing power. But then if you're doing that, you have all of this, you know, this top space, basically energy that is, is fluctuating, that uh, is not profitable because it's not stable enough to sell almost. But what, where that works is if these, these miners can come in and they can shut down easily. So they can buy that power cheap. And when it does fluctuate, then they don't, you know, they don't produce. But when it's up, they're producing, and um, you know they're willing to do that because it's easy to it's easy to switch the miners on and off as needed. So it basically makes all of that fluctuating power usable, and then the power companies are now able to you know make a profit and make this unstable grid work. Um, so in that sense, like if they're going to pre-sell it and they're going to become a broker of it not the worst thing in the world. And it's the same thing with solar. When people produce solar, um, yeah. if you put solar panels on your roof, like you're, you're basically selling power to the, uh, the power companies. Energy That's usually companies. how they yep. make it work. Yep. Yeah. So are you a broker in that case? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so, but um, yeah. You're an extension of the overall grid. So, you're adding to the grid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're adding to yeah. the grid. Sure. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see if more companies try to do something like this. We'll see what happens down the line because I know there's a lot of grid infrastructure that needs to get upgraded and fixed across the country, especially, you know, as, you know, fiber is getting put in in certain areas for um, faster internet speeds. It's a big demand out there because not everybody has access to the, fiber uh connection um for wi-fi it all depends on the the region of the country that you're in it was weird i was in one side of town um over a month ago where i live i didn't have fiber move over where i am now i'm connected to fiber now and my internet's much faster um i i didn't really notice it all that much until everything got connected when when i moved here but it's uh it's kind of interesting how it can even be so close as like, you know, a couple miles away. So it's interesting from that standpoint. Um, last thing I'd like to talk about here. All right. Where was it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Ben Armstrong, BitBoy Crypto. Um, Matt, you were on vacation. And honestly, I didn't have, hadn't been really paying all that much attention to it. I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Um, just the, the, the uh, it's always interesting because it, I'm not saying it's similar to 
O'Keefe and Project Veritas, but it has a similar uh, it has a similar vibe to it, where they basically yep. <laughs> got rid of their founder. Um, Ben's always been a little outspoken. Um, he's definitely not as cool as James O'Keefe, in my opinion, from Project Veritas. Um, just to put, preface that, but Ben did a good job of ex- of exposing. Uh, you know, doing stuff in real time and exposing some of the things in crypto, but he also kind of had some uh, unsavory approaches to things, to put it politely. So, uh, any thoughts on Ben? I he's honestly one of my on ramps when I was really diving into crypto. Honestly, first time I heard him was on the on Graham Stephan's podcast, the Iced Coffee Hour. Um, it he uh and it, it kind of drove me down a a, a rabbit hole that kind of got me connected to a lot of people that I'm connected to now um for better or worse <laughs> I should say but uh yeah it's uh I'm not surprised honestly uh, I feel like this was it you you say you say crazy things crazy things happen right yeah he's a little manic he's always been that way so um, yeah, as much as I would, uh, you know, I didn't, I never listened to Ben. I never really, um, followed his, I don't think I've actually watched a single YouTube video of his. So I don't, uh, I, I don't really have like a personal experience there. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that being said, um, uh, as much as I would like to say like, you know, positive things or whatnot, um, I really don't understand enough about Ben, but from what I have seen, I can kind of understand why his company, you know, might need to put some walls up there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's hey, everybody kind of has to make their way in this space the best way they can. And I know Ben's going to try to do something different and, uh, you know, we have to see how successful that is. But, uh, you know, at the very least it does show you kind of the need for some of these, maybe decentralized tools, right? If you're, if you're, you found and you get kicked out of your company, it's like, you know, I don't know. It's just a, another way that it's centralized tech and centralized businesses can kind of wield that power. Yeah. That's all. I think it's going to, I think it's going to be tough. Like Ben's going to probably have to be his like version of Infowars essentially. Um, And then, and then there's going to be people that like, it's going to be like, Oh my gosh, there's that crazy guy saying crazy things um on his little platform there like he's not i don't i don't anticipate him like like getting to that alex jones level like no way but like but that's kind of how he's it's kind of like he's getting pushed out on the periphery a little bit because of Mm -hmm. his uh, approach to doing things yeah and i don't even know if a lot of what he says is true sometimes (laughs) <laughs> so I'm on the same um, same with Connor. Like I, I don't think I've watched a, a single video from him. Like I've I've only like, you know I, I I I don't know. I really I feel like I don't quite get the like Bitcoin and crypto like influencer space. Like yeah. I I I got in by trying to understand the technology and then like I. I don't know. Maybe I was influenced without knowing I was influenced, but uh, I don't know. I, I hear people just drop names all the time, and I'm like, I, I don't know who ben, that is. Um, ben and Bitcoin will... Crypto was the biggest platform on YouTube um, that anybody was. had. You had to give him credit and for that. Yeah, he he has the largest platform, or he had the largest platform, I should say. And uh, some stuff that always got me frustrated was 
when he would talk about a project on his channel, it would be too little too late for anybody to get in at a floor level. So there was, he would, a lot of times I wonder like if he was sometimes talking about projects um, just to be able to um, help raise their floor um, as opposed to actually finding value in the projects for what they were doing themselves. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, so he's trying to create like social arbitrage without there actually being a real arbitrage to um, sure. socialize about. It, I got you. Uh, one thing I, I just wonder, right. Cause we're saying he has to start over. Like, he's he's the face of bitboy crypto right so like anybody who's watched that know who knows who he is like like if anything it's the same with project veritas matt like everybody knows who james o'keefe is so when we say he has to start over Uh, he no longer has access to his twitter account and he no longer has access to his youtube channel like he doesn't have the access anymore so he has to start a new youtube yeah but you know what i'm saying like 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 yeah he'll do new things but like as soon as he posts a video with his face on it, like everybody knows it's him. So everybody who followed yeah. BitBoy Crypto because they liked him, not because yeah. they like, you know. Well, everybody, yeah, the but background. there's a lot of there's a lot of people you follow, you know, that follow you that then aren't going to make the transition because maybe they don't sure. see you or maybe they're not, they don't follow Web3 that much. So there's still like a little yeah. bit of ground floor that you have to kind of read. I just, I, I'll say I wonder what BitBoy Crypto is going to become. I, like, I outside you, of you two, outside of you two, everybody that watches like crypto YouTube content, if you've ever had any exposure to that, you have an opinion about BitBoy Crypto and Arm, mm-hmm. Ben Armstrong. And I'm not going to lie, like BitBoy Crypto had a lot of good educational tools on their channel for like teaching people how to use a ledger properly. There's a lot of great educational pieces on that channel. And that organization does a really good job of educating the masses. Um, However, things would always get a little bit dicey and controversial when Ben would um, go on some of his uh, individual tangents. And I wonder if he would have kept that more separate from BitBoy Crypto, if he wouldn't have kind of, found himself in hotter water than he probably assumed he would ever get in. So that's just my take on it. Um, I know that I'm a, I'm a small fish in, in this, in this pond and what we do here is a little bit different. And I know that Ben is a, is a, is a fellow Christian as well, but um, you know, I, I can, I can question motives like anybody else. So that's just my take on it. Cool. Well, okay. So this is like a, 25 minute news episode, but, um, we, uh, that's fine. I just wanted to quickly before we close, go over two other items and I'll just mention them. And if anybody wants to jump in and say something, you can, but I think it's relevant enough this week that we should at least mention it. One Bitcoin drive chains. This is a huge discussion right now. You can find a lot of information on both sides about this on Twitter. It's essentially what it is, is a way to scale, um, a scale Bitcoin and create a second layer platform. From what I understand, drive chains are kind of like an L2 uh, in a way. And there's a discussion about whether or not that should be a thing on Bitcoin. And then the other thing is also Bitcoin related is Swan Bitcoin, the custodian they've had in this custodian troubles in this space in general. So I'm not going to entirely blame them for this because it's not like a whole lot of alternatives. However, their custodian fortress has been bought by uh, Ripple. So XRP essentially. And uh, so now their custodian is an XRP, right? It's, this is a crypto project that Swan Bitcoin 
is vehemently against. And, um, you know, people are obviously bringing up that, okay, this is kind of a problem. And Swan Bitcoin says, hey, we're in discussions about this, but they don't have plans to change custodians right now. Whether they should or not, you know, that's like an open discussion. When you need capital, it's always interesting when you see people's true colors. You know what I mean? (laughs) you, You compromise on a lot of things sometimes when you're in the... When you're in, when when the frog is getting boiled, proverbially speaking. Yeah, maybe we'll do an episode on Swan Bitcoin at some point in the future. But uh, wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, Matt, anything to add there about drive chains though? Before did I have? Yeah, my so information it's, accurate um, enough? It's, <laughs> yeah, it it just the, there's like a number of proposals out there to help scale Bitcoin, and they would be. Um, adding layer twos like on ethereum or you know a a drive chain is a sort of side chain that's secured by bitcoin miners so bitcoin does not currently have the capability to make something like a a layer two on ethereum Um, and so this is one of the solutions which instead of having you know a multi-sig instead of having a smart contract that allows you know for people to send transactions back and forth to um, because that's not possible yet um, this proposal would essentially make the miners the multi-sig um, and that you huh. know these transactions to and from the drive chain are essentially um, you know agreed upon by the miners um, it, and I, I I don't know I, I need to dig more into it but it's um, you know it, it helps it the pros what people you know like about it is that it um, it would one, it would help uh, increase minor fees um, because then they would also be collecting, you know, fees off the other side of this block, uh, the other this other side chain. Um, they, they'd be mining both at the same time, uh, in a sense. And then um, people who want to develop things, you know, they say, "Hey, we want to develop things on Bitcoin." You know, the, a lot of um, a lot of the pro drive chain people are saying, "Hey, anyone who's anti drive chain, you know, also, you know." in conversation becomes like not anti-bitcoin but like pro altcoin because someone says hey well what if i want to drive chain you know a side chain that has the security that monero has and they say just use monero and it's like are you encouraging me to use monero right um yeah anyway but then the anti-drive chain people you know you they just want to be skeptical of um any any changes to bitcoin any soft forks, any any anything, especially after Taproot, I think they're a little shell shocked. Um, although, so Drive Chain, I I don't know the exact date of the proposal, but I um, in all this discourse on Twitter, I've seen people reference that this actually has been a proposal for several years now. Um, so it's just resurfacing, maybe um, mm-hmm. gaining a little bit of popularity here and there. But interesting, uh, cool. interested to see where it goes. Absolutely. Great. Well, people can check that out and you can find a lot of information about that on Twitter. And um, actually, I'm just going to go ahead and link if anybody wants to listen to it. But great episode uh, with uh, Vlad um, talking about uh, uh, drive change on his channel. I I thought it was interesting. So I'll just link that in the description for people if they want to check out more. But uh, other than that, hey, great, uh, 
great news episode here. A lot of stuff happening, and uh, we're happy to jump in. Now, if you're listening on the podcast, we're going to go straight into our interview with uh, Jay Chen. If you're watching on YouTube, you're going to have to click over to that video to watch um, our interview about uh, LightDAO with Jay. So we'll link that in the description as well. But uh, let's jump into it. Welcome back to the Crypto Conversion Podcast. I'm excited to be here with you today again. We have with us today Jay Chen. He is the captain of the LightDAO project, and he is also a missionary with the WEC, Missions Organization. It's an early morning for us. It's 5 a.m. here, and I know it's 4 a.m. for Brandon, but uh, Jay is in UK, so it's uh, 10 a.m. over there for him. So it's a morning for all of us. An earlier morning for some of us, but uh, now we're we're all up and ready to go. So Jay, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing doing great. Uh, just uh, still adjusting my jet lag. <laughs> yeah. So when did you? I know you were in China for a little bit. When did you get back from China? Uh, the day before yesterday. I gotcha. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I got it. So there's a little bit of adjusting to do for you as well. So we actually tried to do this podcast a few weeks back when Jay was in China. And uh, the time difference, I think at that time was like, what was that, nine hours, seven or nine hours? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a little tough to coordinate. But no, happy to be here today. Uh, so Jay, I think we want to talk a little bit about uh, your LightDAO project and what the purpose is behind it. And um, we're also kind of interested in maybe your experience uh, being a missionary with WEC. So I think uh, to get started off, we were just kind of curious if maybe you could share with us uh, your Christian journey, you know, whether you were born into a Christian family or you converted later on, um, you know, what uh, what's the story behind that? How did you uh, come to the church? Yeah, I can start with my, uh, probably I can start with my uh, great grandfather, because uh, I was born in a Christian family. And the, the, the old story, which I told by my uh, grandma, I said, she said, uh, we, during that period of time, uh, there's some evil spirit, what they call, like, uh, in our family. And my, my great-grandfather and the grandmother, they're trying to get out of that uh, evil spirit. They couldn't. And they're, they're thinking, they're... Because at that time, China is, you know, uh, it's a Buddhism. Um, they, they, so they went to the temple. They tried different uh, sort of thing. It doesn't work. So one day they heard someone uh, in our city saying like, oh, they're the one one guy. The, but the guy is a foreigner. <clears throat> he, he He's doing something different. So <clears throat> so they, they, they decide to uh, to see the foreigners. Uh, but it turned out that later on, we, we understand it's a missionary from from the UK, and he, actually he, now at the time, for them, they don't understand, because they're praying in Jesus' name, so they're casting, casting demon out, so, so everything back to normal, so since then, my uh, family, they start practicing uh, Christianity since, well, quite a long, long way back, so I, I am, if I count now, I am, uh, the fifth generations Christians, so yeah. But my personal journey with the Lord uh, is a little bit different because uh, uh, I came to the UK when I was very small, so without without parent, 
So at the time, I just feel like, oh, there's a quite big freedom. <laughs> If you imagine, like I myself, I have a bunch of money, then there's no parents around. At the time, I'm younger than、uh, pre-teenagers, so I have a lot of freedom to control. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, so. <clears throat> But at that time, I just feel that that is a freedom. So uh, uh, yeah, if I looking back, it's a funny thing. The first thing I do is like I came to UK.、Uh, first, I I just came. I I went to the game shop. So I bought the game console. <laughs> Start playing game all night, all day long. Yeah, that yeah. But I think that at that at that time, because even though I was.、Uh, You know, I was、uh, inherited with a lot of Christian values, everything, but actually, it doesn't have a real relationship with the Lord. So, I, I was doing a lot of things like Christian normally do, but at the time, I don't want really、uh, commit myself as a Christian. Maybe someone will ask, "Oh, are you Christian?" I I probably not answering like straight away or right away. Because I trying to blending in with, uh, with others like, because、uh, I I I feel I I didn't do good enough at that time. So, so then if I moving forward like my journey is like I think the Lord just calling me up like, uh, building up the my personal relationship with Him. So my turning point is until it's quite late. Turning point is until, uh. When I when I was in the uni、uh, in the UK, and one day I was、uh, <coughs> I was doing、uh, we went out for clubbing uh, nightlife uh, clubbing uh, you know as a university uni life so and I think after the clubbing I just feel like、oh, that's、uh, it's different because myself I usually don't drink so every time I go with go clubbing with my friend. Everyone get drunk, and only me. My only me is awake. So every day I have to help them to get back to the,、uh, you know, university accommodation. I just feel why I'm hanging out with them. Like I just feel I'm not like same group. I'm not doing the same、uh, thing with them, and I didn't feel I, one thing. I didn't feel I I couldn't find any belonging. Like I, I because I just feel bored. Like every time they I, they're they're quite happy. For me, just I sitting there waiting them get drunk, then <laughs> then come back to the place I wait stay. <clears throat> so then I decided, okay, maybe I should go back to the church. So then I start going back to the church. Then since I return to the church, I something I feel like, oh, that that this is a place I should be. Then yeah,、uh, so since I start serving the church, then I I get myself.、Uh, Building up more the close relationship with the Lord, yeah, that's a little story from my, yeah,、gotcha. from my family. My, yeah. Then I get baptized very late. I、oh. get baptized until when I was twenty six, twenty six. Yeah, because、gotcha. I decide very late. Because my actually my mom told me one one time. He's, I think,、uh, her. I think she why she, she said like if you baptize now and if you sin again, you're getting worse. Like basically, <laughs> I I know this is wrong teaching, but I think 
for her perspective view, she's thinking like, yeah, just do a little bit better. Don't, don't, don't mess up. Basically, but I, I think, but later on, I understand like, uh, you know, where where blaming is not it's not by works, it's by grace. So, so then you know, I I just okay, I just I decide to baptize and yeah, that is uh, my little <laughs> pre journey. Yeah. I feel like that that's a super. I feel like that's a super um, Chinese family disposition, though, where it's yeah. just like if you're gonna do it, just do it right and yeah, do it yeah. because you're doing it right and don't ask questions. So yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of funny that your 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 mom was just like, if you're gonna do it, just don't mess up. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually gonna say it's kind of funny because it's this like I think something probably like a Protestant Catholic divide there too. You know, with the um, yeah. with the, the pedo pedo baptism right some yeah. protestants don't believe in that they would rather get baptized later on but f- funny enough i was reading um confessions of saint augustine and um saint augustine's mother was actually the same way she didn't want i don't know if it was like baptism but she didn't want like her son coming to the church until she was like satisfied that he was living right because she was afraid yeah. he was going to yeah. condemn himself so i think it's just mom fears i yeah, don't fully understand that, but uh, so your mom was very similar to uh, Saint Monica. Saint Monica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. So you said uh, that was about uh, twenty six. I don't know about uh, how old you are now. So how like how many years ago was that? Uh, that is about fifteen. Yeah, fifteen years ago. Gotcha. Okay. And so you came to the back to the church, you got baptized. Um, and uh, about when did you start working with your missions organization, WEC? Uh, oh, that is my calling journey. So I start uh, basically uh, from, from the first time I heard like the callings from uh, 2015. That, that's the first time uh, we uh, wife and I, and with my children, we went to a mission conference for 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 the first time. So we we met some uh, pastor from the U.S. from other places. They're talking about mission, and at that time we just wow. I said, I think that the Holy Spirit touched us. Like uh, we just feel like uh, people dying every day, and you don't know whether they heard about the good news or not. So it just struck us. So. Uh, during the conference, we just oh, uh, in the end, they, they they were normally calling up the people say, uh, who want to serve? Yeah, so uh, I'm the first one. I came on the stage, and my wife at that time, that that's the first night. <clears throat> my wife is sitting behind, and then later on, uh, at that night, my wife asked me, why why do you want to why why are you jumping on the stage? You should discuss with me first. <laughs> we we need to have discussion before, <laughs> but. But funny thing, but funny thing is that on the last night she also went to the stage. So <laughs> I think the Lord touched like both of us. So since then, I think we we had like sense of like calling. But at that time, we we're still exploring like where and what what, what kind of area like. Because I, I told the Lord like I'm not that kind of like uh, pastor. Uh, I'm not, I didn't feel I, I I want to be the pastor. I I didn't feel like I I. Good enough, not good enough. Like I'm not good at like pastoring people, like basically. So <clears throat> I just talked to the Lord, like, uh, yeah, I would love to serve you, but me with my skill. Uh, so 
I think until the pandemic came, so the Lord, we have plenty time to pray, you know, as a family together, because no work, <laughs> so we have a lockdown in the in the house. So I think during that time, I think uh, one day I was heard about uh, the it's very classical sermon from uh, Billy Graham about the life is short. So in during his sermon, uh, he used the example from the U.S. Uh, uh, average uh, average um, man's life. He says average man's life in the U.S. is about seventy seventy two years. And and at that time, I, when I heard about that, I said, "Whoa, seventy two years!" Then then my half of my life is gone. Like then. <laughs> I said, Lord, if you give me like uh, eighty years, if I can live, if I can live uh, around eighty years, then what I'm going to do with my uh, second, you know, second half? Because I, I, I love soccer, so I, I suddenly compare like, oh, my finish in my first half. So what I'm going to do my second half? Mm. So then I start again. <clears throat> Basically, the God just remind remind me about like, oh, you did a few years ago. That is 2017. You did a conference. Yeah, we answer, we answer her uh, his calling. So uh, then I prayed to the Lord, Lord saying, "Okay." Uh, I said, "Where, where do you want to use me?" And he, uh, during prayer, he just asked me, like, "What did you do in the past ten years?" Then later on, I just read, "Oh, I was doing a little design things, like creative, creative stuff, so creative design." Then uh, suddenly the, the opportunity came up from the WEC. They, they had a, like um, uh, job roles. It's called like digital uh, design. And they're looking for new generation as a uh, missionary uh, for focus on digital side. So I apply one. Yeah, so we've been through different uh, process like interview a lot. Uh, yeah, in the end, we just, uh, I get that one. But at the beginning, I thought it's a job, right? Because it's a job, it's a job title and job description, everything. And uh, and in the last interview, uh, the the people from WEC saying like, "Oh, uh, first we don't we don't we don't pay people." <laughs> I, I said, "Okay," because uh, I understand because uh, uh, I I have something training from our church because our church we had uh, like a mission team. <clears throat> They told me that there are several ways, right? One way is like you, uh, you, you need to raise the funding for your ministry for yourself, right? Then second thing, uh, second thing is you raise half, so mission organization will pay the half, another half, and 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 the isn't way that just what a father and husband wants to hear? You have to fundraise your salary, <laughs> <laughs> and and. Uh, you know, but in the end, it turned out the workers, they're using none of them. I said, what? I said, what do you mean by that? They said, because they're the one first core value is uh, living by faith. At that time, I said, what? <laughs> I I understand, you know, it, at that time, I, I read I read the Bible, and I truly, I understand what the Word of God, the, He's our provider, right? We know everything. He's a provider, but at the moment, that I found it's disconnection. It's like kind of like disconnection between the the his wording and my thinking. It's completely cut off. It's I don't 
where where's his provision? Like, I can't understand because at the time I was I was working the full time, and my wife is looking after the kids. Then, which means that we have to make a decision whether. Uh, so I when I told my wife she, at the beginning, she said, "You are crazy. How if you're gonna quit your full time job to serve the Lord? So we don't have any、uh, we don't have any uh no income basically, and if according to the uh work way, but work way say." Every time I ask the previous、uh, missionary that they're being then retired now, they said God will provide, but I didn't find it very、uh, efficient. Like I just feel it's a very thin air, you know. When when people reply you like God will provide,、uh, I know their experience, but that this is their experience is not mine. I so I couldn't connect at all. So, but guys, guys, really,、um, I think he's a、uh, one one. Trustworthy, because、uh, at the time I was,、uh, so wife and I we we pray together. We saying like Lord, like、uh, I made a very simple prayer. I I said Lord, I first、uh, I said I I got confirmation from the church. I got confirmation from、uh, brothers and sisters. I got confirmation from other people around me. Then, but I only knew I I need to ask a very basic question. It's about finance. That's that's what, and you need to show me at least that someone or something can support me, like you know.、Mm-hmm. And after that prayer,、uh, since、uh, we we waited about several months during the pandemic, and one day I received a message from uh, 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 a a old sister from US, and she left that message early morning, and she said, Jay.、Uh, The day before yesterday, I, she was、uh, she was she was doing like、um, uh, morning prayer, and and she just feel like God God told her like give us some support. And when I first time I heard that one, I said, "Whoa, that's that's so strange." Like <laughs> it's it's someone like you. Basically, we 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 met.、Uh, Why I'm saying it's strange is is like we met, we met each other on the public form, like public group, and she only know about my uh the I call Jay in 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 that public form, and that public form is not all is talking about the mission. Then second thing is she didn't know I was playing the mission organizations, uh, and for me she is a stranger, complete stranger. She's not in the UK. She's not the, my friend circle. Nothing, and I, I, I even call her later on. I said, "Sister, are you sure?" She said she was so happy because she said, "For her, it's also for her. It's a journey." She said, "For first time, she heard some God call her to give some people money," and、uh, <clears throat> I said, "Okay, now." And at the time, I think my my face is a little. I said,、uh, "I even ask her like." Do you support me like monthly, or do you support me one off? And she said, "Oh,、uh, this is one off support." At that time, I said, "Lord, I said I need someone like month <laughs> monthly support." No, no, no. To be honest, that that is, is truly my my honest like that's my honest response. I can share you with today, and and but in the end, I I I I. I talked to my wife. My wife said, "Oh,、um, she said, 'Oh, this is a sign.' So that that's what I'm praying for, right? 
but whatever she gives the monthly or she gives one note, that, that's a sign that God is telling you He's going to provide us. Then, then, then it depends on my decision whether I took that step or not. So, to, uh, brothers, I, I just tell you, like, at that period of time, it's very difficult because every time I, after I receive this, like, donation, like, uh, every time I pray to the Lord, the answer from the Lord saying, like, you have to step out, then I will provide. But this wording for me is still disconnecting with my belief because my, my inner feeling, uh, my true feeling is, I don't want to step out. <laughs> yeah. I don't. It's like, it's like, but in the end, because we must to make a decision because at that time, the COVID is nearly finished in the UK. And in September, so the company is asking us to going back to uh, going back, and also the the WEC training gonna gonna start in September as well. So I have to make very big decision whether I still going with the job or I just quit my job. But every time when I pray to the Lord, Lord just give me like you have to step up, you have to step up. There's not no negotiation. There's <laughs> so <clears throat> so last time we had the last uh, prayer with the Lord and. Uh, I think the amazing thing is like my wife felt peace. <laughs> she felt peace. So after she felt peace, she said, "Okay, now you can you can <laughs> quit your job." <laughs> so we took that leap of faith. So we we uh, I quit my job on the end of August. So uh, I start training with the work in twenty uh, twenty. End of August twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And moreover, some. Miracle thing happened straight after, you know. I was I, at that time. I was still praying the Lord. I said, two thousand dollars. That that lady gave us like two thousand dollars. I said, two thousand dollars. Maybe I can give us lasting probably a month. I said, if I cover everything, because I I have little saving. So I said, Lord, what about next month? Uh, what about October? If I can <laughs> cover September, what about October? So at the beginning of the first week of the uh, September, so you put all of that two thousand into Bitcoin, right? Uh, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I wish. <to. laughs> yeah, yeah, and in the uh, the beginning of September, my wife getting calls, a lot of strange calls. The the people call up like, "Oh, Julie, uh, I would like to you come over to teach our kids uh, the Chinese." Um, and those people are not like I know. I think it, it's it's different social circles from our social network, and they're from like the people from like we 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 had the people from uh, celebrities, uh, the famous people, some people from the big corporation CEOs, and they some of them they were in London like maybe two weeks, and they found in our number to call up. To teach the kids about Chinese, and later we're asking them like, uh, "Where did you find our number? We don't have website. So how did you find my wife's number?" That's first question. <clears throat> so later on, I just I was praying to Lord. I said, "Wait, I I thought I saw we are we are someone is like leaking our privacy. Like that's so strange. Why why those people have my <laughs> my wife's number?" Uh, <clears throat> And the Lord saying like, "Oh, you did that Google Google Map listening five years ago, 
Then I I I went back to check the the old login. I log in. It's like you know the analytics of the Google Map, if, mm-hmm. and that before twenty twenty August is flat. <laughs> so in the September, <laughs> and on the September it's like shoot like. It's like a it's like a stock market. It's a shoot like, it's kind of like to the moon, like <laughs> crypto to the moon. <laughs> yeah, and 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 those people like they they trying to, uh, you know, th- those people they are uh, in in a normal way they were asking my wife to have like a good experience, right? Asking her should have like a, a experience, credential, qualifications, those those sort of thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. None, none of them asking her to provide any of these. They were specific. They said, "Julie, you, I want you to be here, so Monday to Friday." That's all. <laughs> then I suddenly realized, wow, this is. It's only God possible to make them to looking for us specifically. You know, if you type like Chinese Mandarin private tutor on the Google. There's a ten thousand result. <laughs> How could earth that one people can just funding one people and adjust very specifically for our family? So I think only God can do that. So only God can, you know, struck people's heart saying, "Oh, I want to use you guys." We never met. We never met each other. So I see. Yeah. So this is my. That's why I, my my journey starts. So we saw work. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good witness, and it's like you know, it's even in my own life. I can look at the times where I've just been like, "All right, Lord, I when I try to do things myself, I screw up. Um, do you want to use me? Here, here you go." And isn't it incredible how you know, even in the scriptures, He says He will return a hundredfold what we offer Him. You know, as just as as, as single individuals who who are us, or just like. What do we even do? And, you know, it's like even the sparrows get taken care of. It's like, does your heavenly father not care for you too? It's like, well, of course he will. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. those are those are just things when we look at like what he talks about in the Gospels, uh, you know, when Jesus was amongst us. And it's like we're, we're sometimes so trapped in our own humanity and the mm. confines of this life that we forget that there are bigger uh powers at at stake that can help intercede on our behalf in this life and if (laughs) we are so foolish to not take advantage of that enough and it's just really a powerful witness that you and your wife provide here um and appreciate you sharing that with us on the podcast here um so let's talk about how you got into this blockchain this web3 world um where did that all begin? Yeah. Okay. My blockchain journey. Yeah. I said, uh, yeah, I just want to share a little bit. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Perfect. Because back, back in 2012, uh, that is the first time I heard about Bitcoin at that time. At that time, the Bitcoin is already in the UK. I, I remember that time is about, cost about 100 pounds, 100 pounds in. In the UK, though, yeah, two two thousand twelve. It would have been under. It would have been under. What would that have been like? Fifty ish dollars back then for us, guess, yeah. maybe a little like under a hundred dollars. 
yeah. know, something like that. And uh, yeah, I would stumble upon the Bitcoin for the first time. But my in it, for my first initial short, the thought is uh, <laughs> that's a scam <laughs> because I just feel like why seriously like, like who 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 want to trust their money like feel like a digital fairy tale like i can't i cannot touch i can it's feel like mm, that's so strange like what, what what that could have a value on there so but if i uh after that i did, i left that question uh, i so i didn't look at it at all until uh i met a friend uh, in 2000 around after 2017 so one of my friend he showed me about uh the CryptoPunks, you know, CryptoPunks was released on the 2017. At that time I also making me more weird. Like I said, what? Why? Like at that time I, I know everyone come crazy with our CryptoPunks. Like I said, why why on earth would anyone pay a digital <laughs> JPEG? Like <laughs> why? Why? So I still couldn't understand. Like even though I said yeah, but that's the pixels. Yeah, I can do because I'm a designer. So I said I can do the pixel. <laughs> I can pick the pixel, give you to you. You know, like. <laughs> so why should I spend like money on the on the on the JPEG? So, so for me, if I look back, I said I said my journey is like, the first thing I say I I, I misunderstanding about what really technology behind this. So, that but I think. I really thank you. I have uh, some friend there uh, around me, so they get into some, the space quite early. So they trying to not convince me, but just trying. To, we have a conversations. So same as I ask a question, why would you buy a, you know, the JPEG, you know, uh, kind of sort of thing. So later on, they suggest me like you should, you really need to should read about the white paper from the Bitcoin. And I start. I, I downloaded one. I found one. I downloaded. One, I start reading the. Uh, then after I read the one, wow, I think. I after I started like, uh, diving deeper into crypto and uh, the, the to understand the blockchain, I just found wow, this is uh, a lot of possibility going on there because everything will start changing and I understand the the base. The functionality behind the behind the blockchain, and I think this will be game changer. I, I suddenly I just feel like, wow, this is another uh, internet internet era. When 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 in the nineties, when the internet came, there's another way, uh, especially the decentralized way. That wow, this is fundamentally change everything. So then I start digging more. So I yeah, I took the it's like, you know, of, you know, life often takes us to an unexpected journey. You know, it's like. So what? What once it seems like a scam, but it's been transforming. Like it's like adventures. I just feel oh, there's more I I want to understand rather than I stay very negative side. Like look at things or oh, those things. Yeah, that's my little journey from how I get into. You know, it's kind of funny. <laughs> as you were talking about um, the mission stuff and uh, you know, all the risks that you had to kind of take on jumping into that for lack of a better word, we'll call it career change, but it, it kind of reminded me a lot of Matt's story, but also anybody else kind of moving into the web three space. 
because you're you're transferring into like this whole new world and there's like this risk involved with your salary you know this token prices change here and there so it's um it's just a lot of similarities there with the the undertaking of taking on a career journey like that but um mm -hmm. you know and it was also super interesting is you're a, you're a missionary but you're a a digital missionary is what they're calling it right and that's your position we talked to adam graber two weeks ago and he's a digital theology major so we have like this, like people don't really know what this is, like digital theology, like digital missionary. What does that mean? You know, but um, you're, I mean, you're exactly right. Like it's really, it's like a whole brand new world. And like, um, like these are very real things. And we have these guests on the show and they, you know, talk about these things. Um, you know, it might sound like a scam or like some, you know, because it's so strange to just how we're used to kind of uh, viewing and taking in the world but um when you guys come on and you explain what you know what you actually do like it makes sense like i can totally see why that's a necessary thing you know mm. so um it is definitely like people just need to be educated on what this space all is but i'll i'll turn it back to you matt i know you had a question sorry no i i was just uh, that's great I, I like the connections being made i i just wanted to then you know this next step so we've talked about your mission organization um but then light dow how did that come about how did you you know do you you whatever we heard your christian journey we heard your um you know your web3 journey and then yeah. how did that come uh, together yeah thank you for asking that question because uh after i joined the WEC, uh then i started connect working a lot of missionaries because our uh, uh WEC is quite uh big and old missionary uh, uh organizations so we had like uh over 2,000 missionaries uh, in 190 countries. So <clears throat> it's like after I connect with the, a lot, the more I connect and, and more, the, the one issue I found is like uh, they, they're, they're trying to do some project, but they're difficult to raise funds. And, and some people have a, like a stereotype on the missionary. They're thinking, oh, missionary trying to come here. Uh, so some even though they are for them like quite difficult to raise in funding because some people thinking missionary is like, uh, oh, you're, you're trying to uh, exporting Christianity to another culture. Actually, no, it's not. Because like they're actually discipling and, and make their, their uh, with the, what we call is a cross-cultural mission. Because we're not like exporting the Christian Western, like, you know, the Western Christian value to them. But what we want them to able to create something by themselves in order to worship our Lord. So, for example, we we had a team that they used to be a, in Tibet, and that we had a team there. We trying to uh, like uh, tell them how to write a worship song in Tibetan. We are not like exporting like uh, you know uh, hill songs, you know Bethel music to to them to. Ask them to sing the same song. We ask them to use their own instrument, use their own language, but how to write a song. But some of them, the, the villagers, they don't know how to write a song. But it's good they can use their own, you know, everything they get so they can praise the Lord with their own language, you know. That, so I think there's still something, a stereotype thing going on within the church. People think, you know, they still think of the old-fashioned way, the... Uh, like old missionary in the past, 
past century there how they, they used to exporting yeah so mm-hmm. uh that's one thing from, and that's kind of from, interesting from, i mean i don't want to yeah. break up your story there but yeah so like what would it be like if you go to a culture i mean i assume tibet or tibet you said right i assume yeah. they have music like they have a yeah. cultural music or they just yeah. like okay okay gotcha but the people there at least were the christians didn't um want musicians or songwriters i guess per se but i was just curious like how would you how would you translate because that's such an essential part of service or liturgy is you know music like how would you translate that to a culture that maybe doesn't exactly have that um a cultural background but i'm sure there's different solutions there uh so what what so, that, it's not a question. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just... <laughs> well, Connor, Connor, think about like the Puritans that came here to the United States. The music that they would have been surrounded by wasn't necessarily a part of their belief system. So they just obsoleted it altogether. Like they didn't do music at all, <laughs> which is, you know, crazy to think about from where we sit. But when you th- when there's probably such a cultural dissidence between um what what music is versus what your belief system is i can see where the contrast lies um we just have never experienced that culturally to be able to understand what yeah. that might be like you know yeah. what i mean well i guess even in the um yeah. in the liturgy like you don't have to sing it you can speak it right but well, for right, sure, but they don't—they don't even have liturgical hymns in their native tongue, so that's yeah, right. why they're going to be apprehensive towards it. Like, that's not yeah. normal. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But okay, well, um, interesting so, discussion yeah. there. But I guess slightly off topic, so we get back is, to, uh, yeah. to coming to light. Down, it is. But, um... Yeah. So uh, after that, I—the uh, first thing is the fundraising, right, uh, for missionaries. And second thing, uh, I met I met a lot of uh, Christian artists, and and one 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 we had a one I had a one conversation with one of the Christian. He's a leading uh, artist in the in the art space, and we had one conversation. It's just me. In the end, I my my heart is crying because he's he told me like. I, I, because basically I asked him like have you ever uh have you ever like show like your faith right in in our space and he said he tried he really tried but he said that almost cost his career so then I said oh okay that that is like kind of like uh, for myself I feel sad because Nowadays, he, he can do some art, but only can, it's like, he can't express himself, like his belief, like, literally. He, he, can, he can sell art, definitely. He can, he good at drawing and the painting. But his art, like, couldn't speak life, you know, couldn't speak any, he, maybe they just become just sort of his income, like, he's been like a, uh, the band, like it's like I, I I don't know. It's like it's been. It's not like he couldn't have like that kind of freedom to create. Maybe if God called him to do some create something, one piece of art can speak speaks life. You know, 
So for me, I said, okay, there's these two things. I just really, oh, that's uh, then at that time, I think I was uh, I was helping another uh, Web3 project about NFTs. I said, okay, then I was praying to the Lord. I said, how how would I how could I help them? And uh, the first thing is my uh, the missionary from our organizations. Then I even I see other because we had a lot of events. So I met other missionaries from other organization as well. They are facing the same issues. Then second thing, the artist. I said, okay, Lord, how can I? Then, then the Lord instructed me, uh, show me like, I mean, why don't you use the NFT then? I said, oh, that's a good idea. That 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 is quite. That that the idea came to my mind just um, it just before the compassion did the NFT project, so. You know the Compassion, they did NFT project with Patrick, right? I'm familiar with that, yeah, the Compassion International. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to get, um, yeah. we're trying to get, uh, gosh, what's his name again? Um, I'm trying to get the guy who kind of set that up on a yeah, podcast. Yeah. And because the first time I I, uh, I start thinking about NFT, so which means I need to find someone in the NFT space who is Christian, right? So, so somehow, God just amazingly connect me with uh, Patrick and Lily. They're, they're the first they're the first Christian artists uh released the first collection of the NFTs in the space. So suddenly we just found connect up and we just found like this is the way as a Christian we should do because in that space, currently in the digital space, there's no Christian there. There's a if you if you go to OpenSea now, if you type Christian Look at those that, that piece of thing. They they're not representing any of the our belief. That no, it's like some people just dropping like like copy like something like <laughs> it, it doesn't represent our our belief. You know so so I think after I met Chopatri, we are we are uh, later on we become very good friend and we just feel like oh this uh, we have, we must do something within the space so. So I, uh, at that time I said, Lord, I said I first first thing I, I don't have a, I don't have not I have nothing, I don't have any funding nothing, I don't I don't have a team I don't have nothing, but you call me like yeah, call me like yeah, yeah you have you know the verses we know very well it's like we have to be the light of the world right, and the world, what I feel of saying like the world there's a digital world as well and you can nowadays you cannot separate the digital world with the physical world but now we're Christian we maybe we can live very good at in in the physical world but we're not good at in the digital world so we need something to do something in that space that we can represent ourselves and we can distribute our value on mm-hmm. On, on the top of the digital. I think same as, same as you guys, you are doing, uh, you know, podcasting. That's mm-hmm. also is the digital space. So you are doing great job. So then I started the project. So I started mentioning about, uh, start sharing my vision. I said, we want to build uh, NFT uh, marketplace for uh, Christians. So first thing I got feedback, people saying like, why do you want to build another kind of like uh, open sea, same kind of open sea, you know, uh, space, and I said it's not. It's not it, our or, original uh, goal. Is we don't want to build another. We just want 
dif differentiate from the OpenSea because the currently there's no one <clears throat> in the space as a Christian web doing that. That's the first thing. I think same as when when the face Facebook came and Instagram came, there's no Christian doing that in the same social space, right? Mm -hmm. And we just hand it over to to those big corporations. Okay, now we have to under control them. Like if we say something, uh, like there's a sensitive, you might get canceled. Yeah. So recently, is there's a cancel culture is so popular, so you can everyone can 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 get canceled. So I said, why why not? We can have our own space that we can have a piece of the, like what I feel is like I'm not building the marketplace. I'm just want the project be a a beacon or the project can represent a flag in that space there. We're here. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're in the space. So we're, we're, we're actually, we're, uh, make this land, you know, start from that, that little land in the space so we can, we can declare, you know, we are children of God, you know, so we can do more things to influence other people. Otherwise, I say nowadays is either you, you are be an influencer or you'll be influenced. That's the only two options at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So that's why the, the yeah. Brandon? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. So, so LightDAO is, like you say, it's kind of like a Christian alternative to OpenSea um, conceptually. But like, where are we at with the project? Is it is it live? Can people go to LightDAO right now? Um, or is it still in development? We, yeah, because currently we are very slow because a lot of people are volunteering. And later on, the God brought some people to us, and because people working in different zones, so now we finished. Uh, we finished the front end and some of, some part of back end, and currently we are waiting. Because uh, the thing is, because because people working as a volunteer, I don't want to push in people because they their time is so uh, precious. And and currently we don't have any, uh, we didn't do any fundraising uh, to be honest. So we're not, we're just waiting. And we're still praying like to the Lord, saying like we, we are probably at current state we're looking for some uh, partners. Mm -hmm. We we don't want to call them as uh, investors, but we're looking for partners that they can partner with our our, our journey, because I do believe it, uh, because we designed the light down as a DAO using the DAO mechanism. So we're trying to make the, uh, this as a marketplace, as a DAO organization. So then later on, even some people pass away, it doesn't matter. So it still can go on. So if we, if his will, he can instruct us to a person or networking with a new person to uh, support us, yeah. Mm -hmm. To finish whole whole product, that's that's kind of stages. Yeah, yeah we kind of need like Christian so Christian I, VCs. Go ahead, Matt. Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I I just wanted to ask a bit. Um, so you you mentioned you set it up as a DAO. I I was kind of curious about um the DAO and and maybe what your vision is for the project as a whole. Um, but 
Um, I, I, one concern that I had was that if you set up a, a DAO and, um, I, you know, depending on what gives voting power, right, whether it's a token or something else, um, you, um, I, I don't know, you almost open yourself up for attack, you know, from other values, right? If, if you know, some secular or some atheist organization was like, we don't like light DAOs, so we're going to buy up half the tokens, then we're going to vote to shut it down or, you know, wh whatever they want to do um and so i yeah I'm, I'm curious what um yeah how, how do you want the DAO to function um you know are, are there um you know are you limiting what the DAO uh, does are you um and then yeah just in general what's what's the vision for the project what separates you from you know is, is it just a christian open sea are you gonna you know is there like the fees go to charity or is the i i don't know i'm, I'm just kind of curious what, okay uh, the, couple, I, two things yeah i think the DAO we're we're not using the token but we're using nfts okay that's what i yeah so we can have a control of like uh what organization can get or what person they can get nfts so they can be part of the community they they can vote yeah so they'll they'll be help us not getting other like uh like aces you know those but we make sure that uh, we stay very clear that the the project is christian uh, faith-based it's a face-based marketplace. So, which means every art going on, we have a, a selections uh, process that they can, in order to monitoring, uh, to select. So, so, that will help us to to do that. So, yeah. Okay, that is cool. Um, so, is the DAO live? DAO? No, because we're trying to build up that one first. And, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so then the marketplace is it like you're saying you're you have to like approve of the artist before they can yeah. get on. I, I'm just yeah. trying to again figure yeah. out a differentiator between yourself and OpenSea. So you're you're also it's, kind of curating. Yeah, if you, if you like, it's like you know another version of the face based uh, super rare. Mm -hmm. The super rare they select certain art oh, okay. to get along. So yeah. Okay. Foundation did that for a little while too. I think. Um, I think they're yeah. open now. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, I, th I think there's an argument for like a, a curated um, yeah. NFT marketplace, and uh, I, just with I, the I power. Think, mm -hmm. Yeah, before we start this project, uh, uh, right after basically, we we did like market research, then and we found out that uh, um, they're, they're Christian. They're looking for Christian art. Yeah, and there there are some people looking for digital art. Uh, they couldn't find anywhere space they can do, especially like the searching. Uh, if you if you do searching on the uh, uh, rebel and the uh, open sea element NFT space, there uh, marketplace there, they they normally they don't show give you like right search results. Yeah. So the so we want want a more specific for the people collecting, and also I want to show the people about. The Christian artists, they can, they actually, they can do the face-based art, art. So same yeah. as Patrick, what he did. His, his, if you, uh, I don't know if you guys see his art, like his, actually his art speaks like, so some people could benefit, even though they're in depression, everything, when they see the art, you know, because I do believe, even though, even I have another thought about like, we, we trying to encourage uh, 
the people from church, some people, when they join the uh, prophetic art, right? That is very powerful. It's really, really powerful. That, that is, it will just deliver the right message on on right moment. So we want to show that as a part of our uh, own, if in the future, we want to show on the marketplace as well. So basically, our our model is like we're trying to uh, uh, there's sales on the marketplace on on the piece of art. Start basically we just start from art first, and then we give out uh, the percentage to the mission, or you can give out like a certain percent to toward to the specific uh, missionary project. So then people can see the transparent uh, transaction. So yeah. Gotcha. I think um, too, like there's a, I see the argument for like having Christian alternatives to things just as much as I see the argument for having, you know, we just need to be where everybody is right in the public. If everybody's on open sea, we need to be on open sea. But what's particularly interesting about like the NFT space is that just because somebody lists on um, this marketplace, LightDAO, they can still list on OpenSea. You know, their stuff yeah. can still be public on these other NFT yeah. marketplaces. But the problem, like you say, is that OpenSea doesn't let you curate by, you know, Christian art. So you can't really yeah. find the Christian artists. So, and even if OpenSea does add a filter that lets you sort by um, sort by Christian Christian artists or whatnot, it's not um, it's not curated. So, of course, could yeah. be all sorts of stuff in that tag that may not may or may not be relevant number one yeah and um but then also like you just have this other place light dow where um christians can kind of just make their presence known you know in a very selective way um and it just adds like a dimension to the space that that is not there right now um but it's not as limiting as you know a totally siloed alternative because like you said, you can't list on OpenSea, you can list on LightDown, all these yeah. things. So I see, I personally see the value to a project like that. Absolutely. You know, um, and just like you said, it kind of just gives us a platform to say, hey, there are Christians in this space and, um, you know, we're doing legitimate things and, um, you know, we, we can kind of build that community around that. And you guys, like, I just take example. Are you, are you all on the... On the PC, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If right now, if you like, if you go to OpenSea and type Christian art, it will surprise you. <laughs> Probably gonna get some heretical stuff. I'm on it right now. Hey, share a screen. Let's just. Oh, okay, we got like five. Screen. We can do like five. Maybe we can go a little over, like ten minutes. But um, just to kind so, of yeah. give you an idea of where we're at. But yeah, look at that. It's a Christian art. <laughs> and look at those. Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't... It's like, <laughs> it's like a dude named Christian, and he just makes the weirdest art. No. <laughs> well, I can tell this stuff. This is AI generated for sure. It looks like yeah. Uh, yeah. not mid-journey, but what's that other one? Um, but Dolly. I think that... that Dolly, that, yeah, that, that looks like Dolly. Yeah, but some of this stuff definitely... I don't want to like... I don't want to call out any of these artists specifically, but yeah, some of the stuff looks a little strange. Yeah, but the the, the thing we we finding out that the NFT space is stuck, basically, it's stuck. So 
I think uh, as our project, we're trying to uh, communicate with more uh, artists because this summer I went back and uh, I took some uh, artists there. They're still in the web, like old traditional way. They are paint. Then they haven't get into the digital space. So we're trying to mobilize them. They can do digitalized thing because next generation will be digitalized. A lot of will be digitalizing. So we're trying to get more like people on the board and understand this important because nowadays the young people they're on the on the phone always always on the phone. Last the pre uh, pre pandemic the the people spend like four I think about four point three hours average per day, but now it's like seven point seven hours per day, <laughs> so it's nearly double. Yeah. So it's like. You know why, why, why we think like this? Why now the gen, the young generation have a suffering much much more mental health issues because they look at those things what they're feeding them the thing they see the thing they saw they heard actually they continue feeding them because we don't have any enough Christian content to influence them so. Only the another way around, they are being influenced by those world view and everything. It causes me too too much confusion. Yeah. So we want to be uh yeah. Same. I agree with Sakana. Like after if because our uh platform can if someone lists on so their 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 stuff also can list on the Open Sea and on other marketplace as well. So it's so fully boxing. Only difference is we can free. A little bit do a little bit filter, like just helping those young, probably like other uh, face-based artists. They have the voice, I think, to to share their their face, their journey as well. Yeah. Very cool, Brandon. Um, you have any closing questions? I know we kind of just out of time here, but. Uh... I wanted to throw it back to you. No, this was uh, you haven't had as much time. This was time. a really good episode and I'm excited to put it out there. Um just because this is kind of this intersects a lot of what we like to talk about, which is um parallels between the web three world and Christianity and where Christians have a platform in there and where Christians can have a voice and considering all the FUD right now in the market, this is a good time to to build. And uh what what a what a what a better time to, you know, just get the ball rolling if you want to wet the beak in this space. You've always been skeptical about it because of the types of people that are on this. I mean, you have kindred spirit here um in Light Dow, in some of these projects and people that we've been bringing on um so i feel like your i feel like skepticism can be put to put to bed a little bit with in regards to some of that so um check out light dow jay where can uh where can people follow you and your projects and uh everything like that <clears throat> yeah uh you can find us on the the lightdow.com okay Perfect, and we'll 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 leave links to uh, LightDAO in the description below. Um, but Jay, this was awesome. We appreciate having you. Hopefully, we can have you back someday, 
And uh, yeah, this has been the Crypto Conversion Podcast. Please like, comment, review, subscribe wherever podcasts are found. And we will see you on the next episode. Peace.